Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, 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 everyone, and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole. We are so happy to be coming to you live from Palm Springs, California, right here. I have to tell you, because I do the weekly weather update. Okay, so I got back to Palm Springs today. It is a amazing 85 degrees, 7% humidity. Um, it's going down into the 60s tonight, and apparently it was also in the 60s last night to the point where the doors and windows were opened and fresh air came in. So, hallelujah, we have made it through the worst part of the summer in Palm Springs, California. Anyway, I'd like to please invite everyone to follow us on social media. Um, I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S, on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me on Facebook. We have a show page. You can go to jaspercole.com, and there's a link to the show that has all of our archive shows, and you can stay in touch with what's coming up on future shows and all that good stuff. Today, we're very happy. We have a very special uh, guest, actor James Preston, who plays uh, Nick on uh, The Bay, Nick Myers. He's also known from Youthful Days, as well as the series The Gates. Um, Just very busy young actor. And he also played James Dean in Joshua Tree 1951. So there's lots to talk to him about um, around 620. But in the meantime, without further ado, I'd like to bring on my very trusted co-host, the one and only Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. Hi, Jasper. Hi, Planet Eartha. How are you? Well, Ralph, how are you? I am excellent. Once again, I am grateful to say that a week, well, it's been two weeks since we spoke or since we did our show, that Rose and I are doing fine. So things are going along as well as they can be on our end. Um, How about for you? Is there anything you'd like to update us with? Well, I will tell you that I finished the film. I can now tell everyone I'm I'm a I'm one of only five actors in a new film called The Fall, directed by Scott Mann, who directed one of my favorite films, uh, The Heist, with Robert De Niro in 2015. So from the moment Ralph knows, from the moment I got cast in this movie. I've just been so excited because he is one of my favorite directors. And, you know, as I get older and get a little more, uh, you know, selective in what I do and what what gets me out of the house these days, uh, working with like a director that you love will get my ass up to the dusty, crusty desert of Palmdale, where I think I had the most teeth in the surrounding area (laughs) with all... With all love and respect to Palmdale residents. No, oh my no dish on Palmdale. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I, I want to say is to your Count point your about, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and count your blessings. 
Fight past the crystal meth. Ooh, shit, Kelly. You're looking long in the tooth, girl. Oh, oh, God. Um, To your point, Jasper, about what will get your ass out of the house um, to do something, to do anything, really. Um, I want to commend you for returning to work during a global pandemic when things Mm. are still unknown. We uh, protocols have been created and they they serve as just that a protocol. Nothing is 100% as we've talked about. Nothing is guaranteed, but yet you put yourself out there for the reasons that you gave one. It is studio film Two were basically handpicked. I think you did audition for this, but it wasn't a lot of process. It was like, uh, did you have it to do a, a scene for Scott? This was my this was my self tape that I shot outside with Dennis with oh, my dog. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Planet Earth. I want you to know this because I want to just discuss this a little bit, Jasper, about the self tape thing. Because we have Jasper, a lot of we have a lot of actors that listen to the show. So absolutely. I mean, the whole time. show is. The, yeah, the whole show was always geared towards entertainment. You know, so there are a lot of people in. How the did industry. you get on here? <laughs> that was good, Jasper. I'm sorry. Um, I'm back. I'm back, no. richer than ever. Sorry. No, you're that's that Marthaism came right out. No, <laughs> no, listen, that's going to serve you well at the end of the month for that other project that we can't talk about. But no, that was very. I good. thought you were going to say that's going to serve me well in hell one day. And he- well, no, I want Planet Earth to know. Oh my God, I could talk to you for hours. Jasper and I have such a fun relationship and a good friendship. And the thing about his exterior persona that you guys see on camera <laughs> a lot is, you know, he's gruff. He he's a, a mighty little man. He's always playing the bad guy or or some derelict or a homeless person or a Palmdale resident with no teeth. He's you know <laughs> always doing something like that. But I'll now, never be invited back to Palmdale again. Palmdale, this, exactly. But... And I'm sure you don't care about that mm. but um wow. but the thing is he's getting to do comedy now and now mm. people in the industry are really starting to see on the industry side are saying oh i didn't know jasper was funny too and it's such a nice change because jasper is hilarious wow. but his outside persona isn't oh because to be hilarious sometimes you have to be a little more physical. You're a little bit bigger than life. I mean, you can be silently quiet and be hilarious, I'm sure, too, but it's usually a bigger thing, and Jasper's not a big person like that. He doesn't do things really, really big until he's called to do so. <laughs> until then, there's a, a paycheck. Until there's a paycheck and, and with residuals you know, and points, but um, – <laughs> He is fucking <laughs> hilarious. So to oh, get to see these well, this movie that is coming up now, this isn't really a hilarious role. No, I, I mean, the good thing about this movie, if I could say, it's, I, listen, I have a very small supporting role. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, there's only five actors in the whole movie. But, oh, Jasper, there are no small roles, only small actors. Oh, wait, that would apply. Well, to I'm too. both. Okay, keep going. Right. Yeah, okay, I'm yeah. both. That's what I mean. You're I was trying to You're put bi. me in both. Yeah. I'm binary both. in both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, but the good thing is I get to play a character that's um, questionable sexuality. So it's never overt, but it's assumed that we're like a couple, me and the guy, Daryl Dennis props, shout out to Daryl Dennis, 
who played my uh, partner in the movie. We, it's just kind of, um, it's kind of hinted at. It's a little bit of a broke about broke back mountain story. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, but so, but again, I'm not playing a serial killer. You know, I'm not killing people in this one. And let me just say, I am forever grateful and hope to play serial killers to come in the future. But yeah, you know, I started the year with Kombucha Cure, which is my film that I play. It is a comedic role. And this new project that I'm doing at the end of the month, it's a TV pilot that I can't talk about. I got to really just go out on a limb and be broad and be funny. And, you know, I love, I love having to prove myself on tape as well. I mean, it's nice to always get an offer, which I don't get very few, but there is something about, you know, I can remember on just the very few times I've gotten an offer and you show up and I always feel a little more pressure. It's almost like, well, they actually haven't seen me do this before. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at least, at least when you've, you've self taped and they've chosen your tape, you figure, well, at the very least, you know, I'll, I'll just duplicate it to verbatim and they can't hate it too much. They chose it. So, well, to your point about getting the offer, yes, you do feel a little more pressure once you get on set because the assistant director that was up for the part, and now you're the one that got the part. So they're standing right next to the director with their arms folded, like, okay, bitch, you better do something, Magnus. You better do something. You better, or or like you get a commercial and you get on the set, or you're in wardrobe, you're not even on the set yet, and the director comes to you and says, now, we're going to have to really fight to keep you in this commercial. I'm the only one that wants you here. The clients uh, don't even want you in the commercial. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and that's happened to me before, and it all worked out well. And to your other point about questionable sexuality, you know, you and I are no strangers to having friends in real life that still have that question hovering around them, girl. Okay, so, you know what I'm, <laughs> so, so, you know what I'm saying about that. Well, to that but point, that, I, I, I'm working on a new project, and I had the – I had the first phone call yesterday with the with the team, and let's just say that um, oh, I haven't even told Ralph. You don't know about it yet. I'll tell you off air. But it it is it is it's starring one of our former guests on this show, and mm-hmm. we talked. We were talking about because it's an LGBTQ themed project, and we were talking about prejudice within our own sub you know subculture within the gay community, and we were we got on this whole thing about you know. I said this and I was speaking to somebody else who gets the same comment at times, like, which is hilarious to me, but they're like, you know, when people say to me, Oh my God, Jesper, I, I, if you hadn't told me, I'd never know you were gay or you don't seem gay at all to me. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not a compliment. So if people can understand that that's like telling a black person, Oh my God, I had no idea you were actually black (laughs) as if, as if it would be a bad, a bad thing, thing that you were. Exactly. And so I, I know it's ingrained in our culture. Like I know it's, it's like we have to sort of rewire our thinking, but I've had, that's not a compliment when people, you know, we want to get to the point where we got to embrace feminine gays, butch gays, you know, just like feminine heterosexuals, the whole spectrum of people, no matter what their mannerisms are, no matter what their voice modulation is, it doesn't make them, their sexuality, one thing or the other, but this thing about telling people, you know, and now in the trans community, it happens a lot where, you know, somebody will say something to a trans woman, like, Oh my God, if you hadn't told me, I'd, I'd have no idea you used to be a man 
or I had no idea you used to be a lady. And I think a lot of times we, we don't, we're not saying it from a, we think we're paying a compliment, but it's just one of those issues where, so this new project I'm working on, we're going to address all those kind of issues within the subculture. And um, I, so it's just fascinating that we just talked about that yesterday. Oh, that'll be exciting to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, thank you, Ralph. Yeah. I guess I would say that I feel most victorious in, in my own, you know, listen, we in our acting careers, we don't compete with anybody but ourselves. I wish actors could get that eventually in their head. So our acting journey is really just with ourselves. And so for me, my, I conquered a fear that I had of being afraid to go back to a set to work. You know, you can just keep it like, like first it was, I used to, I was afraid to go to the grocery store and then I was afraid to go to, which I'm still not going to a restaurant or, but for me, like the thought of going back to a set was kind of overwhelming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for, for me, now that I've done that and I did it under somewhat extreme conditions, um, it wasn't, I didn't have the luxury of pulling onto a lot and going into a self-contained studio where everything is zone A, zone B, zone C. And, you know, the beauty of this project, though, is the whole thing was shot outside, which is a blessing. And we only had five actors. In fact, one of the days on the call sheet, it's just me and one other actor. So I can't imagine in my career, it's never happened before where you get a call sheet and there are two actors on the sheet. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, are we doing, are we doing scene study today? What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was just another, in this journey, as I look back on my career, I can say, oh, okay, finally, eight months in or seven months in, I, you know, I took the leap and I, I went back to work. <clears throat> but it's case by case, you know, I, another job could come my way and just depends on where I'm at. You know, I may not feel comfortable or whatever, but for now, I'm glad I did it. I felt I felt safer on the set than I do going to... Trader Joe's right now so Mm. yeah and I think a lot of it is because I watched SWAT and the Bay and all these other shows come back without any problems and I know Pose is going back to work next week and I just read today that 37 TV shows are back in full production right now so that's a big that's a big chunk of production and Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll just see you know what what happens after that so yeah i would say you know we're all and then we're all gearing up for what's going to happen at you know what's going to happen after november 3rd so we've got these milestones coming up for the rest of the year and then hopefully Mm -hmm. some kind of vaccine or some kind of treatment and you know people have to realize there's probably going to be other pandemics sadly but there will be in the future and hopefully we've learned from this one you know well hopefully we'll have the correct administration in place, not to get too much into politics today, but hopefully, you know, we'll be, we'll reframe in 2021 and the the planet will be in better shape. Exactly. One thing you said that, you know, brings attention to my situation. You said, I feel safer going to a set than I do to Trader Joe's. And I was just at Trader Joe's yesterday, but I'm uncomfortable going to a set yet you know and while i was right right but yeah see but now that you've done trader joe's you the more you've gone to trader joe's the more you know you're not afraid there anymore 
Exactly, because I, I was thinking about like when I when the pandemic first started and the first time I went to Costco, and how I was all like, okay, I have mm-hmm. I have my gloves on. Okay, I touched that, so I can't touch that. Take the you know, and I was so mm-hmm. like methodical about everything. And now I'm a little bit more relaxed about that. And I guess six seven months into it, because I haven't developed the virus nor given it to Rose, I feel like the protocols that I've created for myself are working. Without, yes. and, and no, I haven't been tested yet. So, you know, but for, for all intents and purposes, I am fine. And even in Trader Joe's yesterday, everyone is masked. And there was a little like a situation where it was like, okay, there are three of us trying to move our finagle our baskets around. And in that split second, I'm thinking, oh my God, we're less than six feet apart. But it's like, we're all wearing our masks. And when you're wearing a mask in that situation and a person is not sneezing or coughing, I feel that's there's the safety mm-hmm. right there. I mean, that's the whole point of having the mask on. So I feel like I made it through that transaction fine. And then when I'm back home with Rose and I'm all on top of her and hugging and kissing her and being next to her, I go, wow. Look at what I just did. I'm scared to go to a TV set, but yet I went to Trader Joe's. But the difference for me is Trader Joe's, I'm constantly moving. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to stay away from people as much as I can. You wait six feet apart, check out, and then you're gone. On a TV set, it will be different. You know, we will be sequestered in our certain ways, and you'll learn how to uh, deal with that. But like you said, everybody's comfort level is different, but – I appreciate your support in mm. the opinions that I've adopted with Rose. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I feel great about it. I, I guess my biggest fear always was my biggest fear is I go, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to get cast in a project. I go and do it with all the protocols in place. I get the disease. I give it to Rose. She almost dies. And then it's kind of like, wow, you did all of that for a $1,200 job. For scale, for scale plus you, 10. For scale plus 10. Yeah, and I bet you should get it like a t-shirt. I got COVID for scale plus 10. Exactly. <laughs> or I survived I survive COVID for scale plus 10. Well, speaking of surviving COVID, can we just talk about Charles Malcolm in his Bavarian oh. lederhosen shorts and suspenders? Wait, um, listen, just, you know he's wearing the suspenders because he lost 22 pounds oh, while he okay. was – while he for the two weeks he was sick, he lost – almost 25 pounds and of which he will tell you he gladly needed to lose. But it's just hilarious that his girlfriend Ernestine gave him these red suspenders and he actually is wearing them to hold. By the way, planet earth, we're talking about my dad, Charles, who um, survived COVID at 88 years old and he's back fully, you know, cutting his own grass, which is a big deal in the South. But he, we were. I posted a photo of my dad with red suspenders on. That's what Ralph's talking about. So, I, yeah, that's another thing. You know, when I when I'm seeing people get the virus and survive, and my dad, knock on wood, was really not that sick. Thank God, he you know did not develop any respiratory problems. And I'll be honest with you, uh, 99% of everyone in my personal life who has gotten COVID. Nobody I know personally has had the respiratory problems, which is a blessing. Everybody that I know has had the terrible, you know, the fevers and the, the, the chills, just like a flu. But so far, thank God, no one I know personally has been on a ventilator or had to 
or had any breathing problems. So oh, well, that, that's encouraging. Before yeah. we bring on our fabulous guest, Jasper, I wanted to mention two things. One was I thought of you and Norma recently because when I was out on my deck in the backyard, there was this wonderful hummingbird hovering around the lemon tree where I have Michael mm. Bash's berry. And I was watching this hummingbird. So, of course, I was like, oh, God, this is like the hummingbird that's, that, that, that Norma has been reincarnated into that watches over Jasper. And I, I'm not looking at this hummingbird here going, oh, this is Norma. You know, she flew but it could from be Palm Norma. Springs. You know, she flew from Palm Springs to here. But, but what I got out of it, Jasper, was because, you know, the deck is very emotional to me. And always, right. and spiritual, and it always will be because Michael is buried underneath there. I have his ashes under there, and this deck is in tribute to him. What we were going to do with our backyard, and I'm out there, and the, and I call the deck Cafe Rose because that's where I serve her, and she's enjoying the deck. And then the, does she the tip you like a good customer? Yes, she's she's on Venmo <laughs> and PayPal, so she's very well versed with she's all. She's on that. Venmo and PayPal. Good. Pay, well, actually, I do it for her. Uh, right. The Venmo and oh, PayPal, so, so you. You tip yourself like so I'm eighty-five percent. You said exactly, you know. But um, <clears throat> my father is buried out there, and Michael is buried out there. So the two most important men in my life are buried in the backyard. So I'm standing out there drinking a cup of coffee, and this hummingbird is hovering around the lemon tree, going from stem branch to branch. What they do, I'm thinking about you and Norma, and I'm once again amazed at like God. I can't believe the Norma hummingbird actually sits is stationary yeah. and watches yes. you. That's because well, don't think that that can't, that I'm going to tell you that is Norma. She can be all over the place. Hummingbirds travel. So oh God, I humming, just got hummingbirds. I mean, if Raymond Guzman would have bothered to show up on our show, he probably could have given us more information about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's wow. Weird. The Ooh, spiritual, wow. yeah, spiritual don't, context, but, don't but he apparently was too busy being afraid to talk politics with us. So that fat fuck didn't get on the show. So anyway, oh, <laughs> my God, I cannot even, you he will never be on the show. No, but, you know, who you. is going to be on the show is our very special guest who's coming up right now. You guys know him from the Emmy nominated series, The Bay. He was in the series, The Gates, as I mentioned, Youthful Days. Many other things, Joshua Tree, uh, 1951. Please welcome James Preston. Welcome, welcome to the show. What an applause! Well, <laughs> you know, wow, we're all actors, we're all actors, yeah. we have to hear that applause in our head sometimes. Listen, James, Absolutely. this is Ralph. We're all six feet apart. We welcome you to the show. But that crowd of people that you heard, um, there is a crowd. Yes, you're right. We're all six feet apart. We have masks That's on. Good. But we yeah. wanted to get together to welcome you, James, because you are exciting. And I want to welcome you to our show so we can delve into your life and get all the good oh. stuff. Wow. Well, thank it's you so much. It's going to be a, a deep dive. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you have we, no idea we, how deep. Oh wow! Well, we we love the kidding. Bay. We're big we're big supporters of Stos and Gregory and everybody there. And you know, it's just been an amazing journey for that show. And um, tell everyone what are you? Are you're the fifth the in, the the fifth season is airing right now, correct? The 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 
not the fifth season. Wait, you're in your tenth year, but it's the fifth season, I think, of the Bay. Is that right? Uh oh. Oh, sorry, I pressed uh, the mute button. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. I just um, no, I was just saying that the I think the fifth season is airing right now of the Bay, right? Yeah, the end, the last part of the fifth season. It's the Turks and Caicos episodes. Right. That's what I was going to say. Um, how was it? Had you been there before, and how was it shooting over there? Um, I had never been there before, but my God, it was amazing. Um, such an interesting location and uh, just just beauty all around you. I mean, everywhere you look, the water was beautiful. It's like, it's like being in a dream, you know, where you can get into the ocean and it's warm. You can see to the bottom of the flow, you know? Wow. Uh, so it was, it was really, really, really cool. We were really blessed to be there. Well, I know lots of productions um, have shot there over the last few years, you know, for sure. So obviously it's very production yeah. friendly. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, it, it was even, um, I mean, Excuse my ignorance, but it was uh, it was so small of a you know a community there, and mm-hmm. uh, there's only just a few you know little bars and restaurants. But I, I loved it, and then that aspect of it, and then I believe it was West Caicos, that it was just very, you know, a kind of very small, like you know, people living in huts, and mm-hmm. a very interesting environment. Now, did wow. the did the residents have teeth, James? That you oh my God, them? not very many of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, them, well, Caicos and Palmdale joined the group. <laughs> we, were, yeah. we, were, we were laughing because I've been, I was shooting in Palmdale and I should not have made the comment about I had the most teeth in Palmdale because there's some wonderful people in Palmdale. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get all kinds of shit for that. But, um, so, <laughs> um, no, but tell everyone about what's, what's happening with Nick right now with your character. What's what kind of well, it's really, what's going? Yeah, it's an interesting time for this character because it's kind of the beginning. Um, we've kind of uh, dipped our toe in the water with Nick in the past seasons and uh, just the past two seasons where I've had small appearances, and this is mm-hmm. the first season where I kind of got to dive in and sink my teeth into some grittier material. The interesting thing I think about Nick is he's, he's pretty unbridled, you know, there's the character could truly go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, He also doesn't limit himself. It's it's kind of very, I mean, uh, you know, I would say James Dean, like, and, you know, James Dean said they refuses to go through life with one arm tied behind his back. And that's kind of, I would say Nick's perspective. Mm-hmm. on life you know he, he wants everything and he wants it all extremely fast and um you know not holding anything back so if he's gonna love someone regardless if it's a boy or a girl he's gonna love them all the way through and right. that that tends to cause problems that extreme uh behavior so it's been interesting well, is, to is 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 his is he more he's like sexually fluid on the show right or is it or is it in, undetermined or is he is he definitely bi or gay or <laughs> or do we not uh, we don't label him yet at all yeah so see see it's very interesting you know given um that exact topic is i wouldn't say he was he's gay or straight i guess the closest thing would be bi but, okay gotcha um fluid yeah i mean uh 
I don't know exactly who is going to be Nick's love interest <laughs> coming in the in the following season based on um, what happened in season six, what we just filmed, which is, is oh, really really crazy and heartbreaking and you know cool. But um, yeah, I have no idea. So I'm, so I'm, you you I'm got to film. You felt you filmed during the quarantine up at the ranch, right? That's correct. Yeah. So tell every. I mean, we 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 spoken to several actors who've worked already. First of all, you know, I think the Bay was probably the first, maybe before right after Tyler Perry. But you guys were one of the first shows to go and actually quarantine. Um, we were just talking earlier in the show about some actors not wanting to go back yet. Some have, you know. So how was that for you? I mean, obviously it turned out well. Um, it was like acting yeah. camp, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so interesting. These, these times that we live in right now, I mean, I've been, uh, kind of just, uh, stripped down in a way, you know, you, you learn mm -hmm. what really is important and, um, being able to work is such a blessing <laughs> regardless right. of how it comes in these times. So, um, it was really, really interesting. It was, it was, it was not easy, but also mm -hmm. not, not terrible. I was with great people and, and our crew and our, our cast is truly a, uh, a family together. So that makes it a lot better, but it's, um, it's, it's really hard to shoot a full season of a show in one location. Right. Right. Um, it's hard for the crew and, uh, and then on top of it, I mean, COVID, the COVID guidelines for, for SAG and, and stuff are, are really, really extensive and, and they should mm -hmm. be, you know, um, to keep everybody safe, but it, it adds time on your shoot day and um, yeah, it can, it can cause fear in some ways. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think that we could have done a whole reality show on shooting the Bay. Behind the scenes of the shooting the of. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was telling um, I was telling Ralph. I don't know about you, but for me, having gone and shot this film now, it was kind of like now that I've done it, I've sort of conquered that. You know, I mean, obviously, totally. I'm I'm to I mean, it's totally safe and all that stuff. But once you've now that I've done it, I'm sort of like ready to go on to the to the next one. But it's interesting because we were I was at least in a hotel. We weren't quarantined, you know, on the same location with with people, but I know the ranch is so big that you had your own, you know, not cabins, but they're nice sleeping place. But was yeah. it just strange being, I guess you were like in a mini little, little city kind of one little village, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and then also there's just nothing really around there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ranch. They have zebras and bulls and you can talk to the talk to nature all around you. And that's, that's really cool. They have a really nice little library some interesting books and um and yeah overall i mean it, it was a beautiful location i think the hardest part is just just being away from you know like my, my girlfriend and being away mm -hmm. from people. Right. Um, that that makes it more difficult but you know as actors um in this industry that's that's something that, that you know going to happen anyway regardless that's part of, of the COVID, game you know, you're gonna have, yeah you're gonna have to go and you're gonna have to film you know for a month or two months whatever it is um, and you, you have to be able to say goodbye and, or say, see you later to your loved ones. And, and that's just, that's the choice that you make when you, you know, is your girlfriend, is your girlfriend in the business also, James? 
She is actually. She has. Uh, she has a small part that I, is developing on the bay. Oh, great. oh, okay. I didn't know that. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's wonderful. She. What's, um, what's her name? Well, let's give her a shout out here. If you don't, if you yeah, do, I don't know if you. Mean... No, no, not at all. Her name's Victoria Baldessera. She oh, wow. actually has quite the fan base herself because she was on a really, really big show in Canada and in Europe called The Next Step. She was the lead on that for seven years. Oh, great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, so it's it's great having uh, your partner be in the business, you know. I mean, uh, because you it's like you said, you have someone, you know, that can kind of understand when you have to be away and the ups and the downs and how long, how long yep. have you been together for a while? You know, we've been together for a year and four months. Oh, oh wow. congratulations. Beautiful. That's a while for me. <laughs> she's no, right. beautiful, James. <laughs> Victoria Baldessada. Yes, girl. You yeah. better work. Yeah. 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 James. How Good nice for her. Well, I want to say um, to you guys, at the Bay, James, you guys are totally consistent with your opinions about the production and about each other. And I can really say it now. You're just the, you're just the, the icing on the, the, the um, testimonial cake because from Gregory, from Stos on down, because we had Stos before Gregory. And yeah. it just – it always came up in our conversations with the Bay actors like – what was the camaraderie? Did you, uh, how did you participate in the writing or is, was it collaborative? And there has been nothing but just like wonderful praise from everybody there, but in a really sincere way. And to that point, I want to ask you something you mentioned about, and because you and Stos, you, you've given such an, I, I like your answers when we've asked, what was it like? Um, shooting during the pandemic and I like mm-hmm. that your answers were both of you were just it was it was great but it was interesting it yeah it, there were some it was different and I and I appreciate that because it's very honest rather than just saying oh god it was great oh god yeah good nature book yeah. zebras it was great nothing you know what I want to ask you is when you said there was sometimes a little bit of a fear, explain that. So uh, I'll piggyback off of that question as well with like the, the challenges of uh, shooting and, and that type of environment, because it was pretty early on when we shot there mm-hmm. um, with COVID. So we had um, the, one of the main things that I love about being on set is being able to communicate with people around me. And there's so many interesting personalities and, and, and people's, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they've been and, and you can have really great conversation and, and develop really great friendships. That was not allowed. I mean, we were, right. we were six feet to eight feet apart um, from start of day to finish of day. Like m- most of us had to eat um, what well, we were encouraged to eat in our rooms. So that takes away that, that, um, that just beautiful, like friendship that you kind of like that you have. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately for us, we were all such good friends on the Bay. So that whenever we came there, you can't really, you know, cut it up with your friends the same way. You had to respect the rules and and out of that comes, you know, fear and the fear comes Mm -hmm. from, um, 
not knowing, I mean, everybody was tested, but within those two days of those test results coming in, I mean, you know, as the crew, we were tested and we were tested once a week, but we were checked, our temperatures were checked and we were talking to a nurse three times a day. Um, So we, we felt pretty comfortable and we were all quarantined there for so long. Um, And then it's just you have you have some people that come in with like day playing roles or something or like they come in and only have a day on the bay and they're coming from outside and i remember just everybody kind of that would be the 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 fear would come out of that is coming out of la as well la was kind of a hot mm-hmm. spot at the time so Guys, yeah, you, you uh, answered that really well i totally understand what you're saying now of course i bring the humor into it I'm like, okay, you guys have all ever, I, I followed everything you said, James. So on the day of when the day player comes, what a horrible position the day player is in. <laughs> Motherfucker, don't anybody go near Nancy, whatever yeah, the exactly. fuck you do. Okay. And, <laughs> and, you know, and when Nancy would be like waving, like, oh, hey, James. Hi. Hi, Christos. Hello. Uh, stay six feet back, bitch. Put that mask on, yeah. girl. I will see you on set if then. Okay, so exactly. it is. It's and like that's how it was. Wow. Well, I, I mean, was we saying... were, Everyone was very. Everyone was very nice, but it. Yeah, that's just. Um, I mean, the risk was all of us shutting down completely, and it yeah. just takes one person. Right. Just one person. Well, we. I was saying fun. on. I was saying on our shoot that I don't know if this happened with you guys, but w- w- my entire shoot was outside, so we were lucky that there were no interior shots. But what would happen with us is we would do a scene, and you know, and then say they would say cut, and you don't have your mask on in the scene, and then before you realize it, you're like chatting, you know, you're standing there talking. And then all of a sudden we would be like, Oh shit, I'm sorry. I forgot to put my mask back on, you know? So yeah. it, it was that constant kind of, but for me, like you said, because we were tested every day cause we were not being quarantined, uh-huh. you know, that gave me a tremendous amount of security or feeling, even if, even though we know there could be false positives or negatives. Um, I was explaining to Ralph that, just knowing you've been tested and seeing that negative test is you kind of feel like everyone around you is in the same boat. Um, but, but, but before I want to, I want to talk to you going back to playing James Dean, because, you know, you, you talked about these characters that have this sort of, uh, fluidity and with their sexuality or whatever, were Mm -hmm. you, you, by the way, because a friend of mine, Edward Jimenez was the, hair and makeup yeah, person on that. Edward. Oh, do you remember Edward? Okay, yeah. He's been, oh, of course. he's a great friend of mine. He's been my guy who does my hair all these years. And I remember when he was shooting that project and he was talking about you, my friend, but I didn't know at the yeah. time Oh wow. Who he's talking about. So I was gonna call I'm gonna call him tonight. I, I emailed him to tell him to listen to the show. But I remember him talking about this young actor in the movie and how talented you were and how, but at the same time, how, how nice you were and that you were, he could tell you were raised very properly from, from a great family. And, but I wanted to ask you, what was that? Were you a James fan? Were you a James Dean fan prior to getting that role? Or did you do like a, a lot of research on him afterwards? 
So um, prior to getting that role, I think whenever I first came out to California, because I've been in the business for quite a while, since I was like 13, and really the person that I looked up to was like Brad Pitt and Paul Walker. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I did myself a disservice of not searching, at, you know, before my mm-hmm. time in the you know, 50s and, and whenever the Brando and um, just all the greats. I mean, I love, I love all the, you know, classic films now. Um, but anyway, so whenever I got to California, obviously James Dean's, you know, a huge actor. So I started, started looking into him and understanding, you know, who he was, same as Brando was studying with Stella Adler and, um, mm-hmm. but not like a die hard fan. I think what I liked about Dean the most was he, he changed the thinking and he changed the process of mm-hmm. filmmaking and really took the script and kind of tossed it in the trash can. Sorry to all the writers, but, but just right. interpreted it differently and that no other actor really has done and mm-hmm. did it without any fear of being fired, whatever, man, that was just him. Um, so I love that he changed the generation and, you know, right. he was the first person that was like, well, okay, it's a black tie event, but I feel like wearing a leather jacket mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that type yeah. of, that type of boldness, I think is what makes such a great leader. And I think right. sometimes leaders aren't exactly right on the, the nose with where they're going, but they're able to lead. Right. And that's, that's so important. Um, so after I got the role, I just dove in head first. I mean, I studied Dean for about a year and, and just learned everything I could about him. And it was so interesting because what I found was he was such a, uh, such a tortured soul. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I think that, I think unfortunately James died without family. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and even the, I don't, I can't name one of, person that would be like i was james dean's best friend <laughs> like right I've right but like no one really you know that's like yeah we were it was we were thick and thin best friends it's just not out there mm-hmm. um I, I think he tend to be a loner and then i also believe that the industry changed him slightly i think that um the one thing he loved was performing and, and acting and he got accolades from it. So I think he loved that. So I think he was so competitive that he didn't want to get anyone too close. It's almost like being friends with somebody in the military. You know? Right. You don't want right. to, you don't want to go to go to war and make a best friend at the same time because you might lose that best friend just as quickly as you gained it, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing. And I think that that's why James Dean, uh, kept to himself he said something uh a quote that i thought was very interesting it said the loneliest place is at the top to be an Mm. actor you have to be alone yeah you know you know he was part of that and and i'm much older than you are i'm 56 so you know when i started 35 years ago i you know that whole james dean brando montgomery cliff you know there was that whole genre of actors back then that sort of it was that tortured artists you know you 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 had to really suffer yeah. and you had to be kind of fucked up and um and they they were great actors but i think in many ways that kind of laid the foundation for some generations after that who kind of felt like in order to really be a good actor you have to come from a fucked up family or you have to have you know all these horrible issues and i it finally took me time to realize you know there are those 
there's Meryl Streep's and you can find people who just are really balanced people who aren't tortured yeah. that can still do good work. But, but you're right. There was always this kind of mythology too around, uh, they, they kind of uh, made that whole torture thing be like a, a beautiful thing, you know? Well, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think that um, there is some validity to that. And that is because, um, whenever you go through hardship in life, uh, like something like what Dean went through with his mom and then his dad not accepting him, um, you can only go through so much pain in that hardship until you decide to pick yourself up and Mm -hmm. figure out how to move forward. And that creates a strength in a person that, in my opinion, is what makes great actors great. Is that yeah, it's true. Adver- adversity. Being, being yeah. Able, yeah. And being able to get into, I mean, listen, what we do isn't easy. You go, they, you think auditions are easy. It's, that's the craziest thing in the world. No, you walk into a room with somebody who expects you to do something and you're, you're in a room by yourself. The walls are caving in on you and like, and you're, you're, <laughs> you're expected to perform. No, like the people that are doing these things are leaders and, and fearless. Right. Um, because this this sort of thing can cause psychological damage. Well, I mean, that's why we say massive. thank God, thank God for self tapes. Now, we we yeah. kind of eliminated some of that some of that uh, neuroses in the room kind of stuff. But and you know, to your point though, and we all we all know really great actors that are terrible auditioners. You know, so yeah. um, and then we've all worked. I know I know some people that are great in the room are great on tape. And then when they get on set, they can't seem to come out of that. You know what I mean? They, they're not open yeah. enough to, tr- to try other stuff. But um, you, I just think with your generation in particular, you know, us older people now, we're starting to really praise your generation because your generation, while everybody has issues, right? And we all grew up with them. Your generation is much mm-hmm. more socially accepting, much more um, open to all sexualities. And I mean, yeah. I'm being, I'm making general statements, of course, but I would yeah, say, totally. in, you know, millennials have gotten such a bad rap over the last 10 years anyway, but you know, it's, it's the millennial generation that's kind of opened up a lot of older people's eyes to be more accepting when it comes to uh, social issues in general. So, but I Jane, have to tell everyone they should they should really find Joshua Tree 1951 because not only do you do an amazing job in it but it's a oh, it's a really <clears throat> great film you know it's i thought the whole i mean i think it 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 was profound it was well shot um you know had you been had you done was that your first big lead role in a film or had you done others before that that was my first large yeah lead role okay. in, a, in a feature i had just came off playing uh lucas ford on the gates and right i did a few, few things prior to that but yeah that was the first one i mean it was such such an interesting movie i mean i love that movie for for the artistic um mm-hmm. aspect of it and yeah the aesthetic is so beautiful i mean Michael Pessa is one hell of a DP and Mike Matthew Mishery is an amazing director and they work simultaneously like together. It's beautiful. Like they, they make great art. Um, just a wild movie, but just beautifully <laughs> done. Mm. Um, 
it's unlike any other movie that I've uh, that I've ever seen. I mean, and that's when I read the script from the script right. to filming it to seeing it on the screen. It's just um, such a such an interesting concept. Were you now? Did you audition for that? Was that something you had to read for, or had you already been offered the part, or knew the writer director and had sort of developed it along the way, or was that an audition? No, it was such an interesting. Uh, process actually i went to a acting class like to audit with uh diane salinger i'll try to mm-hmm. make this as quick as possible but no it's fine go ahead we've very, got plenty of time okay she's, she's very into like uh spiritual the spiritual world and i think you know i think it's great but i was actually coming from <laughs> bible school at the time so uh-huh. i was like oh this is a little hooky right. um <laughs> but the way that I approach anything in my life is if, I, if I'm going to do something, I do it all the way. So she wanted us to stand in a circle and we, uh, she passed uh, the rock. She told us to create friction in our hands. And once we got the rock, then we close our eyes and we say what we're thankful for. And, um, you know, I, I closed my eyes and, and visualized what I was thankful for. And my grandma had just passed away. So I was just saying out loud that I was thankful for her life and being able to be a part of it. And I got really emotional. Um, and then the rock goes around again, and we say what call sheet that we see ourselves on. So we had to say two call sheets. And one of them, I said, a role playing a character like James Dean or James wow. Dean. And then wow. the second call sheet that I said was a supernatural role. And it's so interesting because uh, – so then we went through the class, long story short – there was a person in that class that night that uh, was in the film and she called and called the producers and said, Hey, I think I found your James Dean. And they had been searching for a while. So I did. Yeah. I went in and read, read for the part on sunset and yeah, they, they brought me back to read for producers, I read for producers. And then I came back and read for uh, Matthew and the producers. And- wow. I mean, talk, a, call. talk about there are no accidents in life, you know? Okay, yeah, James. Okay, James. Now I can bring this home to you. What you. Okay, to your point about, oh, you know, people think auditions are easy. They're not easy at all. You go into a room, the producers are there, and I wanted to add and say to you, and neither one of you know what the other one wants, so that's just a big yeah. flunksa right there. But fast forward to your audition – for the James Dean movie, now when you went to audition, you and the producers and everybody involved were on the same page. It was also organic, you know. So it, I'm just bringing it up to say, like, look how things, how one audition can go from one to the next, and how the James Dean was such an organic one for you. Absolutely, and you know, and honestly, they all like everybody involved wants you to win. Like, really, well, they yeah. Do casting director wants to be knocked off her chair with how well you perform the scene never seen it before the producers obviously want want you to get the role if 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 you're right for it the director is looking for something that he can work with and you know everybody wants wants to be on your side they want you to win it's just i think it's funny i i um kind of compare auditioning to sitting down to and passing a lie detector test you know (laughs) you have all these nerves and then you have to be able to completely calm yourself, 
Mm-hmm. Because in real in hu- human life, we won't, we don't walk around completely nervous or anxious. I mean, some of us deal with it, but you have to be calm, you know, because if you, you can't speak and get the words out or you're sweating profusely, <laughs> I mean, there's a million different things. Um, you just know that you're not living the life and that it's a performance. Right. That's one of the hardest things I think, especially with auditioning, is is being able to calm yourself and then focus and and focus on what you're doing with like a hyper focus, <laughs> and then on top of that, keep your inner work working. You know, I mean, it's 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 an amazing craft um, that takes a long time to to learn and and to master. But yeah, I would say it's like sitting down. I think actors could pass lie detectors. Like I really do really good actors because you just are able to completely calm all your nerves and speak, you know, that's my, uh, my comparison. (laughs) Hello. Hello. That lose you. Hello? Hey, you guys there? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, James, I'm so sorry. Something. Have you been talking all this time? Oh, no, no, I was just like, I couldn't hear you guys, so I was just checking to see if you guys are still there. Oh, okay, because all of a sudden I didn't hear you talking, and I Weird. got disconnected, so I called back in on the phone line. Jasper, are you there? And then Jasper just texted me and said, keep talking. I got cut off. <laughs> wow. So uh, maybe uh, Jasper will be able to – because he runs the board, so maybe he'll be able yeah. to reconnect himself. What was the last thing you were just saying, please? Well, I was just talking about uh, just the the pressure that comes with with auditioning and like how how it's I would compare it to like being able to pass a lie detector test. Oh, the lie detector test. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> because thank you. That reminded me when you were talking about filming at the Bay. I wanted to ask you this: with, uh, with all the precautions and the level of fear and isolation and all of that, were you able when you got on set? Were you totally prepared with your lines and your your feelings, the way you had rehearsed it? Um, was would did you ever sacrifice any of that fun creativity because of the COVID fears? No, never. I mean, if anything, Excellent. any anything anything like that as an actor, I would try to use, which in my opinion only empowers my performance better. Um, oh, that's a that. great hey guys, answer. Can you hear that me? makes sense. Yeah, I oh, can hear Jeff, you. Jeff, are you there? Oh, sorry, guys. I my we had a power outage. <laughs> oh, so sorry. I'm glad you guys no kept, kept going. I was afraid we had lost the show. No. Oh no, okay. we didn't lose the show. I got cut off too, but I called back in on the phone and got on. Did you answer the phone for me? Jeff? No, no. I just called in. I'm just so glad um, that James is still there. God, I love it. So I just called in, and then James was there. So it was like. I didn't even need. I thought I needed you to con, re, con, to answer my phone call. 
Yeah, I guess we're having those rolling blackouts. So, I mean, welcome oh, to technology. So, yeah. Wild. But this is but great. Okay. So we'll, I just picked up from what James was saying. James, that's perfect. It, yeah, it's like it's like when you're exhausted. Oh, God, we had an actor on the show who had a drive from, like, Las Vegas. He had to do a really long drive before he shot a scene. And you're exhausted, right? But it makes you do better once you're on the set. I was like, that's a gr- I'm so glad that you answered it like that. Absolutely. I mean, you have to use everything around you and everything that is happening. If You can't let anything shut you down, so you have to let it build you up and whatever your character is. And, and that's the job of an actor is to be able to channel certain emotions to, to get, get the, the emotional result that you're looking for. Absolutely. Jasper, what I had asked James was during when, when he was comparing auditioning to a lie detector test, it re, I wanted to ask him when he was on the Bay um, with all the COVID concerns, once you got to set, were you still creatively free? You knew your lines, you had, you were able to do everything you had rehearsed or did, did you sacrifice any of that because of COVID fears? And his answer was absolutely not shit. That should have made me stronger. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt the same way. I, I kind of, I think I told Ralph too, once, once we started, I didn't have it. I, it's weird to say, but you kind of just, I forgot about COVID, you know, when you're, yeah. uh, when you're doing your thing between cut and action and cut. And I think again, because if you already felt safe because of the testing and stuff, I, I guess my point was I felt safe. And then I left the set and drove, you know, back to the hotel and went into Palmdale. And then that's when it was like, oh, shit, now I'm back in the real world. I felt safer mm. on the set than going back into the real world. Yeah, oh, so, I can see what you mean by that. But I want everyone to make sure they could follow uh, James on Instagram. It's James P-L-A, just FYI. And uh, do you are you on Facebook or anything else, James, where people can stay in touch with you or is everything Instagram? Just mainly Instagram. I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't really get onto it too much. Yeah. Social media is such an interesting, you know, uh, new kind of concept, and and I'm still I'm still getting it. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, I think we all are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's Um, this misnomer, like if you're, you know, if you're under thirty, then you're absolutely, you know, just social media fiends, and it's interesting because that's not always the case but i think now we're all learning in this business we kind of use it as a a necessary tool i guess to self-promote or promote our projects or whatever um before the time runs out i wanted to just mention um you great work on useful days that was another that was another sort of groundbreaking uh project you got to be a part of and of course the gates you know you've had you know, I know you're appreciative and you're grateful, and you've had some amazing uh, roles to date at your young age. But like you said, you've been in the business since you were 13, so in many ways you're already a veteran. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And uh, I'll just have to drop a bomb on you really quick. Um, so right after I played James Dean, I actually contracted botulism. Um, and oh. I was – I was in the hospital. I, I went into cardiac arrest once and was revived twice. I was in a coma for a week and a half and on life support for a month. And oh. then, yeah. And then I had to learn to walk and talk again and lost all my memory. So 
It was a six-year Whoa, recovery, and wait that's a second. why you you never hear that word botulism anymore. What yeah. what happened? It's such a neurotoxin. I just ate uh, two bites of some bad soup, and uh, it was a perfect storm, and it was really crazy. The FBI thought we were poisoned because me and my ex-girlfriend got it at the time, and um, and it was just it was just such a wild experience. I mean, an amazing uh, spiritual experience. Now looking back, um, and and I learned a lot about <laughs> really what reality really is, and and the spiritual world in comparison to the real world, and um, got my eyes opened up to what life really is without distractions, and it's so powerful. Um, oh my but how did god! You get your wow. memory back. So my memory, I didn't get it all back, but I did. Um, my mom said something super brilliant because after uh, I was sick and I didn't have any memory, what happens whenever if you lose your memory completely, you lose your identity, you lose your your humor, your sense of humor. All of that is based on um, what how you grow up and, and everything you kind of like get in your toolbox at a young age, you know, creates a personality. So my mom uh finally whenever you know she got tired of me calling her crying every day she just said you know what james the person you're searching for isn't there anymore and you should start trying you know start doing things that you want to be like how you want to be you know and and who you're to become so that's kind of what i did i just started studying which which i found that i fell in love with acting even more than i ever did before because i did it so young and I was just naturally good at, good at it. And I was working and just constantly working, but I didn't appreciate it. And, mm. um, so I fell in love with acting over again and I got, I went to every class that I could and, and studied breathing and, and, um, and just all, all just really dove in head first, but still it was a six year recovery. Third year, I had a rush of memories come back to me. But um, for the most part, it was just uh, a connection to my family, my mom and my dad and, and my sister and brother, um, because for the first like three years, I didn't connect to them at all. I knew that they were my brother and sister and I knew they were my mom and my dad, but there's just no connection whatsoever. I didn't have any memories wow. that tied me to them. Um, oh, I'm, God. I have to just is... talk to you again. I'll ju- contact. I'm just totally intrigued. I mean, you're so vital and, and, articulate and just everything and do, do you remember you're talking to me right yeah, uh-huh. yeah. okay so see so yeah, your memory so, is working yeah so it's still no, working, my memory good, is working great now yeah now um, let me ask you oh, but have over the over the year how long how many years has it been since you recovered so to speak so it's been eight years it's uh so this is the second year of like feeling good um, and feeling normal and things firing again, because it, it, your nerves regenerate irregularly in, in like a year. So you start feeling kind of better, but right. um, it takes six years for them to degenerate and regenerate correctly. And that just <sighs> makes everything out of whack. Like um, it's like crazy, like depression, a lot of psychological stuff. Uh, but I chose, and you know, this was my journey. I don't have anything against, you know, going to therapy, but for me, I felt, uh, it was my journey to stay strong and walk through mm-hmm. the fire and because right. I didn't want to get on medication, um, a medication that I would possibly have a hard time getting off of. So I may have took the hard path, but I think right now I'm, I'm thankful that I did that. 
Um, mm. Yeah. God, and, you're, well, well oh, in, God. you know, any kind of, that kind of experience, especially when you're young, it, you know, you're, you're a very old soul now because of it. And like you said, the gratitude Absolutely. you have never, I'm sure, you know, COVID you're like COVID my ass. I, you know, <laughs> I've been through much worse, bring it on kind of thing. Um, yeah. Well, are have your, did you get back familial like family memories or has, a, did you permanently lose some stuff? Uh, well, a lot of it I lost, but the interesting thing is, is like, I was taking a nap. This was in like, I think what, 2016 or 15, something like that. And it was so profound because I was just laying on my couch and then I, I woke up at the tail end of my nap. I just had a rush of like memories with my family. It was just them. Mm. And I woke up like with tears in my eyes and I, I called my mom immediately and I was just like, I get it now. Like, <laughs> like, oh, wow. thank you so much for like being my mom. And I'm, I'm just so happy. And it, it changed my whole outlook on life oh, and wow, family. Man. Um, and same thing with my brother and my sister, just, uh, it really, really, it, thank God it came back because it was just it's a very, uh, lonely place when you just don't have anything. And that's kind of like, Oh what, my God, I can only imagine. I mean, I was going to ask, what was that rush when you got the rush of memories back? It must've been just like this overwhelming feeling of like, <gasps> Oh my God. Yeah. I, I yeah, can see, like, I guess a blind person being able to see. Yeah, exactly. It was like just such a blessing. It was like the greatest gift you can get. Um, and yeah, like I said, I mean, I called my mom immediately. I was just like, hey, like, I know I've been weird. <laughs> like, like just, I felt, I'll, I'll tell you, I felt like a sociopath. Like, I really just didn't mm-hmm. have any feelings towards anything. And I think I was afraid to feel certain things because mm-hmm. I like put my guard up um, because I was really just developing who I was. Like, I was, like, you know, runaway bride. I didn't know how I liked my eggs made, you know? Like, Gosh. sunny side up, scrambled, what it was. But I had to I mean, to you, hear these, you, you hear these amnesia stories, right? You know, or you, there's been movies of, you know, or television shows where someone loses their identity, and it just almost seems almost surreal. But let me ask you, physically, are you – did you retain – are you over any physical problems, or do you retain any yeah. – ongoing physical Um, issues so physically now i think that i'm like fully recovered um for a long time i'd say like four years uh, i couldn't retain muscle mass so Mm -hmm. i was just like skinny and like i'd work out but you know i i was an athlete my whole life so working out was just it was it was something i was able to do and, and i could do it easily and always was able to do like push-ups whatever and then after botulism you know i was i couldn't even lift my head up you know and then i started gaining muscle but it wasn't retaining so it was really really frustrating especially as like an actor and a performer Mm -hmm. because i I could not go to the gym i just really couldn't um and then also i was on blood thinners for a year and a half and those are like you maybe you're like a delicate you know specimen like Umadan where you you bleed easily, exactly. easily you bruise easily yeah yeah uh-huh. so warfarin yeah that's what I was on it was Coumadin okay yeah um, yeah and yeah exactly I mean so like if a weight drops on me then oh my god you know my interior right. are gonna bleed bleed out inside you know all this like fear and 
I just refused to live my life in fear. And I think that's the reason I, I came through botulism and ultimately am still here acting, you know, because I, I've never believed that it's something that I'm not able to do. Um, right. And I think that's, that's something that um, to do, but also people in general, you know, that's, it's like, like I said, you know, the reason I didn't die whenever I had botulism is because I never believed I was going to die. I mean, it was, right. The mind, the mind and the, the will to live is very powerful. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, again, but, it's like that one, like you said, you, that two bites of a soup, you know, and, and we're, and we're not talking, you know, there's food poisoning and then there's botulism, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's something you, and maybe, maybe it happens more than I realize, but no, it's but super rare. It's <laughs> super rare. Super That's rich. what I thought. Yeah. But yeah. listen, yeah. but James, let, okay. We just have to have another show with you talking about all this. Okay. Seriously, I know. Because oh, yeah. it's like, I'll break it down you remember you that you, wild. wait, say that again. I said, I'll break it down for you guys. It was wild. Yeah. Because well, I, you, you remember too, James, that you should write a book, of course, or, or, or I'm sure make this, you know, make this film one day as well. Yeah. Maybe you need more perspective away time, of, you know, more for, time further out from it. But, um, yeah, but guys, listen, the time speaking of, we, we would love to have you come back on. Cause this, I feel like we just, boy, we just got into this whole other story that <laughs> should, could be a you whole said show. I'm about to drop itself. a bomb and you totally did. Yeah. Right. But I just, interesting. Can't can't thank you enough for coming on and a pleasure to meet you um, to be continued, I hope. And hopefully we will, you know, meet in person or work together or something in the future, but much continued success with the Bay and with everything and with your health and everything going on. And I'm going to give Edward a big hello from you tonight as well. Yes. And give one from me too. say hi to Edward. I will. And listen, everyone, uh, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Again, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Be safe out there. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. And we will see you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're